brothers and sisters, today in our gospel, we've got some dramatic language going on here with Jesus, but it's got a purpose to it. It's meant to teach us something about how we should rightly order our affections and loves for various things. And so Jesus's point here is that our love and our attachment to natural things like material possessions and like family ties needs to be healthy and balanced, and it can't uh, get in the way of our love for God. Okay? And so he's really talking about what in our spiritual tradition as Catholics we call the virtue of detachment. So this idea of detachment is that we are detached from earthly things so that we can be attached to heavenly things, so that we can be attached to God. Okay, I think that's the basic gist of what Jesus is teaching us. At a, at a deeper level, though, I think the verse that really encapsulates this teaching and what I want to focus on today is where Jesus says, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So Jesus is summoning all of us, because we all want to be disciples of Jesus. So he's calling all of us to come after him, to follow him. And that idea of coming after Jesus, of following him, is all throughout the Gospels. And this leads me to uh, a story and a conversation that I had with a friend recently, who um, he shared with me this essay, this article that had been written by a Japanese university professor who specialized in business information management. And this guy's point in his essay was that the Japanese in the past few generations have kind of gotten the edge on the Americans because they appreciate what he calls tacit knowledge, more so than we do in the West. And uh, what, it, what is all this about? Well, it ties into what Jesus is asking us to do. He's asking us to follow him. And I really think it's best summed up in the idea of apprenticeship. Apprenticeship is something that we don't hear a lot about today, Okay. It's a, it's a perennial form of information transfer that is not super common today. It is. It still is. You know, if you go, if you want to become a mechanic, normally you're going to go into a shop and you're going to learn from other mechanics. If you want to learn how to do any number of things, operate very complex equipment having to do with, you know, uh, sawing down, cutting up lumber and things like that, there's this, this whole period of apprenticeship. But we focus a lot on book knowledge today, okay? We, we value explicit knowledge. We value, okay, if you know something, that means that you can actually articulate it and explain it and sum it up okay, and give a lecture on it. That's kind of how we value that type of knowledge today. Whereas the knowledge of apprenticeship is something deeper. It's tacit knowledge. It's knowledge that we can't exactly articulate, but we do know it and we do have it, Okay. And so we might, you know, I can imagine someone coming up to Jesus in the days of his earthly ministry and saying, you know, tell me this, explain to me that. And you know what he would say likely is, follow me. You see, follow me. I have a knowledge that I'm not going to necessarily articulate or be able to articulate to your satisfaction. I can't give you a sound bite. Nonetheless, I am the embodiment of wisdom and knowledge. Follow me. And you'll get it. You'll get it. You see, tacit knowledge is not something that we can articulate, but we have it deep within ourselves. 
Okay, and so the example that this professor gave was really interesting. There was a Japanese company in the 1980s that was trying to make bread makers. Has anybody got a bread maker? Anybody got a bread maker? Okay. I know I had a friend that had a bread maker uh, in the 90s. And uh, as late as the 90s, it sucked. I mean, the bread maker was terrible. It was like hard, crusty, and then it was all doughy in the middle. Okay. So this Japanese company was having a really hard time building a good bread maker. And they would do all of this kind of data analysis that was very, depended a lot on explicit knowledge. They just could not make a bread maker. So one of the engineers actually went to a baker, a guy who baked bread. And he was known as making the best bread in town, basically. And this engineer worked with the bread maker for like four months, just literally just went in the shop and worked. That's what, you know, and got paid from by the Japanese, uh, you know, bread making machine company. But he was working for this bread maker. And the bread maker himself could not actually articulate how he made spread. He couldn't actually describe it verbally, but he could do it. He had the knowledge, nonetheless, even though it wasn't able to be verbalized. It wasn't able to be made explicit. And so the engineer worked with him, worked with him, worked with him, and started to realize after about four months, it took a lot of patience, okay? So that's, that's the exact opposite. Four months of apprenticeship is about the opposite of a soundbite. It's about the most opposite of a soundbite you can possibly imagine. And he realized, when you know, when he's pulling out the dough and he's stretching it, he does these things. He kind of twists it and these different patterns and motions, and that turned out to be the key to how he made the bread. And actually, the engineer was able to sort of make the knowledge that was implicit in the bread-making master explicit, and he was able to kind of embed it in this new technology and make a bread-making machine that was decent. It still wasn't as good as what a human being could do, but it was, it was a lot better. It was a lot closer. That's a great example of the kind of knowledge that can only be transferred through the master-apprentice relationship. And that's the kind of teacher our Lord Jesus Christ is. He asks us to follow, to imitate. It's, it's not something we can't look it up at a Wikipedia. can't be of any help to us in this. You can't look it up a Wikipedia article and get the knowledge. It's got to be a personal relationship. It's got to be shared experience. It's got to be time. It's got to be patience. Okay? And we do that as Christians in relation to our master teacher, Jesus. We do that through prayer. Prayer is how we be apprentices of Jesus. And uh, there's so many other things in life that have this, um, this dynamic of tacit knowledge. So, for example, riding a bike. Right? Can you articulate how to ride a bike? I mean, you just say, well, I don't know. I just get on it and I ride it. <laughs> I can't really explain to you how I ride a bike. I just make sure it doesn't fall over. Well, but how do you do that? Well, I don't know. Because you could just, as some person who doesn't know how to ride a bike can get on it and fall right over. Someone who knows how to ride a bike, he can't explain it, but he gets on it and he does it. Playing an instrument is often like that. To learn how to play an instrument, it's often the case that you really just need to spend time with the teacher okay, and, and practice and sort of absorb the knowledge that the teacher has. Also, something very interesting is face recognition. We know someone, we know their face, we know how they look, but we can't actually articulate it, okay? I know that I know that this is, you know, Billy Joe or Susie Q, because I see them all the time, and I have that knowledge, but I can't, I, maybe I can say, well, they got their faces uh 
Round. I don't know. They got brown hair. Okay, so that's maybe a little bit. But you really can't articulate how someone looks. Even the greatest artist, he might be able to start to use terminology to describe someone's face, but you just know that you know this person, that you recognize them. We hear in our gospel acclamation today, Lord, let the light of your face shine on us and teach us your law. And so often in the Psalms, we're asking God to show us his face. Because the human face is the center of the human person. And God is interested, he's a personal God, and he's interested in having a personal relationship with us. And that's the nature of our discipleship with our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to have time, we need to have patience, we need to have a personal relationship. And prayer is so often the number one most important thing uh, in our lives. That's how we become apprentices of Jesus. Spending time with him in his presence. We have him risen from the dead in our Eucharist, in the midst of our churches. And uh, how beautiful it is that we can come and gather around him to celebrate Mass, to receive him into our very bodies. Now, the opposite of all of this is someone who is into what I would, I'm using in a kind of a negative sense, into ideology. You know, the ideologue is someone who's got the quick solution. Reality is complex, but oh no, no, they've got a simple solution and they're going to just, if you just know it all, if you just listen to them, they're going to be able to solve all the problems of the world. The, the, perenni- the great example of this is Marxism, communist Marxism, okay? You know, oh, I've got this great idea, you know, all of human history can be understood in terms of a class struggle between the proletariat and the capitalists and all the problems of the world, all evils are due to the capitalist scum. And if we just eradicate the world of these guys, then everything's going to be a utopia and heaven on earth and we don't need God. See, that's the ideology. The ideologue does not recognize the reality of tacit knowledge because tacit knowledge is is transferred in a communal and social manner. Okay? And it's transferred across generations. We say in our psalm today, uh, you, in every generation, oh Lord, you have been our refuge. You know what that means? That means that throughout all the generations of the people of God, both Old Testament and New Testament for the past 2,000 years at least, we recognize all of those people as ours, as our community. Okay, We are not just people who belong to this one village or to the one state or to, to, to the United States of America. We most fundamentally are the people who belong to the people of God, which stretch back to time immemorial. Again, if you just want to count it from Christ upwards, we are part of the Catholic Church, and we our community is 2,000 years old. And uh, tacit knowledge has been transmitted across the generations through this community, and it's embedded in all the ritual, in the liturgy, in the sacraments, We can't always articulate every single thing that we believe, but we still nonetheless know and have true knowledge that it is true. I had a friend who says, you know, I get frustrated when I'm at the water cooler uh, at the office and my coworkers want me to, you know, give this elaborate philosophical defense of traditional marriage, you know, between one man and one woman for life. And they want me to do it in 30 seconds at the water cooler, you know, on our break. It's, It's impossible. And so the ideologue says, look, if you can't explain something to me like that, 
then I dismiss it. And, uh, you know, it's the revolutionary spirit. I just overthrow generations of institutions, of the church, of whatever it is, because it doesn't make sense to me. It's very, very foolish. And it's a recipe for social disaster and, and personal disaster as well. It's the path of folly. It's not the path of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the path of apprenticeship, of patience, personal, interpersonal communion, appreciation for the wisdom that's embedded in our community, appreciation and trust, okay, that just because someone's in a position of authority doesn't mean that they're out to get you, okay? It's a, a position and a, and a stance of trust in family, okay, and uh, in these long established patterns of human social interaction and formation. We understand that there's just these things that are embedded, this, this wisdom that's embedded that we can't exactly articulate right away, but it's there nonetheless. And it takes humility and patience to understand that. So my brothers and sisters, here's just some practical things for this week, upcoming week. Prayer. Can we, can we renew our appreciation for the importance of prayer, that prayer is the main way we are apprentices of Jesus? Let's take time every day, quiet time every day, preferably in the morning because by the time the, you know, the end of the day comes, you're really tired. But just a few minutes in the morning to be quiet, to listen to the voice of the Lord, to ask what the Master is teaching us today. Here's another suggestion too. Can we ask ourselves a little, is a little reflection. Can we ask ourselves, is there some kind of wisdom that I'm missing out on? You know, maybe that it, because I, I'm not patient enough, I'm too quick to dismiss certain things. Is there some kind of wisdom I'm missing out on, like in my family? You know, maybe I should ask uh, if we're younger people, parents or grandparents, if we're, if we're not so young, maybe asking other, other relatives, distant relatives. Let's be curious about our own families. Is there some kind of wisdom that I can receive from my own family? Is there a wisdom that's embedded tacitly, you know, in our communities? And above all, is there some kind of wisdom embedded in the church of Jesus Christ, in the, in the one holy Roman Catholic church that I'm missing out on maybe, that I haven't appreciated up into this time? Let me open up my heart to that possibility at least and ask God prayerfully for him to, to lead us and to show us the way in that regard. And thereby, my brothers and sisters, will show ourselves to be true followers and apprentices of Jesus Christ. Thank you.